Well, let's welcome you back to this week in the association. My good buddy Kevin Luco not with me here today, but uh, we begin our preview of the 2023 Miles Wolf Cup Finals, and what a great place to start them with Carter Woodhill. And Carter, uh, what a crazy game last night. The Kansas City Monarchs win a, a wild contest to come away, and here we are heading to the championship series. Yeah, it was it was unlike any game I've ever seen. I mean, the Monarchs will take it. You know, they've been a patient, disciplined team at the plate all year. Uh, but 11 walks, that was the key to victory for them last night. And obviously it was it was a tough one to run two cities at. But uh, to erase a 5 nothing deficit on your home field, to come back and clinch a finals appearance, uh, there's, if that doesn't get your blood flowing, nothing will. So this Monarchs team is really excited to be able to head to Chicago and give it their all. As you're watching that dugout, Carter, you know, last year Kansas City came home after taking the first game in Fargo. You got both content there, and they dropped them to allow the Red Hawks to advance. Could you see in that in that dugout that there was any kind of apprehension, or did the team look confident the whole time? You know, they've had a quiet confidence around them all year, and I can tell you when, when our friend Nolan Brooks was talking to Joe Calvin-Pietro on the field after the game, one of the first things he said was they never gave up in the dugout, you know, and this, this team has really believed all year that they're never out of a, of a ball game, and uh, with the firepower that they have, uh, obviously, they, I don't know if anybody thought saw a coming, they would draw nine walks in four innings to be that comeback, uh, but boy, it was, it was special, and I, I think they were always, they've had a confidence all season uh, that they were going to pull it out. I'm sure, obviously, they, you know, they, they weren't happy with how the first four and a half innings went. Uh, but this is a team that's, that's been confident all year long. They had the best record in the league for a reason, and, uh, I mean, they're really excited with this result. You know, I, Carter, I think sometimes what separates a champion from, you know, a, a runner-up or a, a team that's just, you know, kind of battling to get in there is they just find a way to win. It just seems that you, you throw whatever you have against them, they're going to find a way to use that against you, and that just looked like what Kansas City did last night. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you know, they've, they've been a patient team at the plate all year. You know, they've been a disciplined team all year. That's certainly a strength of them. That's the strength of, of, you know, a lot of their players individually, but just as a team. And uh, they're intelligent. You know, this is a veteran group. And Sioux City's bullpen, you know, had a, a bit of a rough time finding the zone. And the Monarchs really did a great job of locking in and, and making sure that they had to earn every strike, you know, down the stretch. And, and that's a championship mindset for sure. As we preview into this series, Carter, a, a Chicago team that um, Kansas City knows quite well, really handled last year, has performed well against them this season. What, what are just kind of your thoughts initially as you looked ahead to the series? Well, it's a tough place to play. You know, Kansas City, uh, It's it's been a, a little while, but when the Monarchs were last up in, in Chicago, it was, you know, not the, exactly the most smooth sailing for Kansas City. Lost three out of four when they were in Chicago. So it's a, it's a great team. Uh, obviously, they're, they're uh, a finals caliber ball club. They were right there with Lucky at the end of the season. They've got a player of the year candidate, Josh Altman. They've got a star in Ryan Lidge, who just set the, the roof on fire with his walk-off hit last night. So they're going to be confident. They're going to be ready. But at the same time, I think this Monarchs team believes that uh, they have a mentality and, and, and a group of players that, it doesn't matter where you are, where you're lining up, they can get the job done. So uh, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough battle for sure. It's a great team. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun series. Do you see the same three starters that Joe has used 
through the first couple of series starting, or do if it just should go five? Are we looking at a fourth starter maybe getting in there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I mean, I think we've, you know, the three starters that have come out there for Kansas City have looked outstanding. You know, I know Miller uh, had a bit of a rough go of it last night. You know, game three, you have a pretty short leash, and I think that he's been incredible since he's been moved to the rotation this year and even before then. And obviously, I think it was phenomenal eight scoreless innings to keep the season alive in game number two. And to shake that up, but I think also it might be a little bit of across the bridge when you get to it kind of thing. Um, it's, it's always hard to predict how things shake out in the playoffs. We did see Brandon Finnegan come out of the pen last night, look good in a couple of innings, bridging the gap, which was big. You know, it, it, Sioux City sort of, their bullpen ran a little bit dry at the end, and the Monarchs were able to, to get back into their groove and finish up with Rossman and Weigel. So a lot of the reason why was because of Brandon Finnegan and Matt Hartman helping bridge that gap, too. So it's, uh, it takes a village. It's going to be fun to watch the, the strategy play out for Joe Calipietra and Matt Hall. I'll tell you, Carter, I, I believe that uh, Ashton is the guy who's the difference in this series, uh, helping Kansas City wind up winning the championship this year. And he has just been phenomenal for you guys. T- talk a little bit about how this guy has just been so successful for your team. Well, it's, I mean, it, it sounds so simple, right? But boy, does he throw strikes, you know, and, and that's, that's uh, such a great uh, attribute to have. He's really unflappable. His demeanor on the mound is, has been outstanding. He's, he's been in the show. He's been in the big leagues. He's been in big situations, and he really has a great mentality and approach. And then as far as the stuff, he just has really, really great command. He's got great curveball that helped him get to the major leagues, and, and we were all just uh, – so impressed with what he was able to do in that game to start because you're right you know how how many times in the in the history of this great game we talked about a team trailing in a playoff series and needing their starting pitcher to go out and be a stopper for them uh it's a tale as old as time in baseball and that's exactly what the monarchs needed in that game too and boy ashton goudeau delivered and then some that was a huge huge moment for sure one guy that i'm loving seeing really having an incredible series for the team has been John Hernandez, who um, had a you know had a really solid season, but you know I guess we got his expectations were so high, we were looking for something super huge from him. But but boy, he's really come alive in the playoffs for you guys. Yeah, for me, I think for Jan, the turning point was his injury. You know, he suffered that injury on Fourth of July weekend, tumbling over the right field fence trying to rob a home run, hurt his knee. It was a, a tough injury. He was out for close to a month and. And he talked to me about just how much he hated not being able to be out there on the field helping his team. And I think when he came back, you know, I don't know what what it was, a change in mentality or what, but he, he took his game to another level and looked a lot like that 2021 Jan Hernandez that we were all uh, so excited to watch. And, and not to say that he wasn't playing at a high level before, but he really he really stepped it up a notch over the last 30 days of the season and, and uh, carried it right over into the playoffs. He's been one of the heart and soul guys of this team. Obviously, Goudeau was the key in, in game two with the pitching. But on the offensive side, it was Jan hitting two home runs and got three more RBIs in last night's win. So he's he's at the center of this attack for sure. And, and over the last really month and a half, he's put together just an incredible body of work. And, and to have him, the guy who's backing up the player of the year in Chris Herman, I mean, it, it's one of the many ways you can illustrate how scary this Monarchs lineup is. It's just so deep. I think some people will look at Chris Herman's stats in the playoffs and think, well, wow, he isn't really, you know, performing pretty well. But when nobody will pitch to you, seven walks so far, it's kind of hard to 
to make a huge impact. So who do you look for really having to step up and kind of lead the offense right now? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. That tells you everything you need to know about batting average, right? <laughs> you know, because Chris Herman's been incredibly helpful for this team. Um, and obviously, you know, he's built his success this season on not swinging at bad pitches. If there's one thing with Chris Herman's approach at the plate that's been a constant throughout the year, he's just not going to chase. And uh, he, he walked more than he struck out this year. Getting second in the league in OTS, tied for the league lead in RBIs, hitting 23 homers, you know, and, and having that combination of power and discipline. That's why he, he won the player of the year. And, and so I think it's been really commendable that going into these playoff games, yes, the stakes are higher, and yes, the, the, the pressure is on, but he's not deviated from the approach that he's had all season. And, and he's trusted his teammates to get it done. If, like you said, maybe he's not getting anything to hit, he's not going to try and, and chase uh, when he doesn't need to. And, and I think that this Monarchs lineup, you know, there's a lot of depth to it. Like I said, you know, Michael Rodolfo has looked really good. His confidence is through the roof right now. Taylor Schneider's been outstanding uh, over at third base for Kansas City. Uh, he's, he's contributed every game, a couple of homers in the first round. So I think that's the great thing about this lineup is if one or two guys maybe don't have the best night, uh, that's not a huge deal. You're going to have other guys that can step up. There's just so much depth. Joe hasn't had to use his bullpen a lot. Um, a lot of guys like Jordan Martinson, Trey Jean, just appeared one time in the postseason. Any concern? Because sometimes those pitchers really like to get in the rhythm. So any concern about the lack of work for some of these guys? Oh, well, it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, your starters are doing pretty well, uh, which has obviously been the case for Kansas City. I don't think there's too much of a concern. You know, I think, I think in the regular year, Joe used his bullpen. He, he wasn't very restrictive in where guys were going. You know, some teams have, okay, here's your closer, and here's your eighth-inning guy, here's your seventh-inning guy. And, and, and Joe was through a lot of guys. I mean, the two names you mentioned there, Trey Jean, Jordan Martinson, you know, both of those gentlemen have been called on to get three innings to piggyback a starter, and both of them have been called on to throw, you know, in a, in a tight game where they need, you know, two or three outs. So I think the variety of challenges that each of the relievers face in the regular season is helping the Monarchs out in the postseason. You know, these are guys that um, – can go in in whatever situation you want. So, I, I mean, I'm not too concerned with it. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to, to get ready and get, get limbered up, but, but it's a great bullpen. I mean, obviously two big leaguers in the back end of it with Rossman and Weigel, but so much depth with, with Jeans and Martinson and Grant Gavin as well. Uh, from what we've seen, Alex Valdez has looked great, so, and, and more and more I could go on, but it's a great, it's a great group. You know, Carter, sometimes it's those intangibles, those things you can't really put your, your finger on that help a team wind up to wind up winning a championship. Are there any intangibles that you look at in this series that you think Kansas City gets the edge on? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, their, their manager's pretty good at motivating folks. I know that. Uh, you know, it was, it was great to see um, the celebration last night. You know, uh, Joe got hit with a double Gatorade bath and, and uh, just uh, every second of it. You know, these guys really believe in, in Joe's message and, you know, they they buy into what he's selling. You know, they buy into the, the vision that he has for the team. They'll listen to him when he asks things of them uh, in this series. And so I think just having that buy-in is huge. But, again, I, I just go back to that confidence that this team has had all season. You know, they've been in first place all year. I don't think that they've, uh, they haven't gotten complacent at all, but I think that they understand that they're there for a reason and they feel like they fall behind. They're just due to get back into a ball game. They have that, that kind of mentality that 
they're they're there to win a championship, and, and I thought that's going to carry with them into Chicago. And we'll see because I'm sure the dogs are going to have all the motivation in the world too. They're a great team. It's a pretty you know it's going to be a tight series, I think. Uh, but I know the Monarchs are are confident in their abilities right now. What's the biggest thing you worry about in facing the Chicago Dogs team? I, I worry about how volatile their lineup is. You know, uh, Impact Field is obviously a very difficult place to pitch. I know we talk a lot about how the birdcage is hard to pitch in, but Impact Field is actually probably a, is harder in terms of uh, being a, a hitter-friendly ballpark, and it's certainly a homer-friendly ballpark. And when you look at, you know, the Josh Alt, the Nolan Roses, and the Ryan Litches of the world in, in Chicago's lineup, uh, they just, like Kansas City, they have a lot of guys that can make you pay. If you make a mistake, it's going to come back and, and, and haunt you. And in a playoff series, there's just all that added volatility to it. So I think that, you know, this, this dog's lineup and, and the environment is going, to be, is going to be a challenge for Kansas City, just like it is for anybody else. So that's just sort of what I think about Chicago came back and won both those series, getting to enjoy the home field advantage to get them. You guys get the home field advantage in this series. Do you see that as a big edge for the Monarchs? Well, you know, obviously it's not going to be an edge in the first couple of games, but I think if this series does go five, you know, ask the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks how important home field was for them last year. You know, if somebody, you know, you and I were both in that building for, for game five last season, being able to have game five on your home field, uh, that crowd, that environment, and, and being able to, to play for the walk-off of the 10th inning was very valuable for Chris Coast's team and a big reason why they were able to pull out that win. So, obviously, you know, who knows uh, how many games the series will go, but if it does go to that deciding game, if the Monarchs are playing another win-or-go-home game, they want it at their ballpark. They want to be able to control that environment. and So that's going to be valuable. But I think, you know, with playoff series, Home field tends to usually be about that that last game, and, and the Monarchs are, you know, in a spot where if they can get, you know, if they can steal a road game in Chicago, they'll be feeling confident going back home. Well, Carter, as I've asked you before, tell me why it is that the Kansas City Monarchs are hoisting the Miles Wolf Cup uh, a week from now. Well, uh, I, I hope it's you know the, if the starters getting it done, the starters being able to keep a lid on Chicago's lineup is going to be important keep the team in games, and just finding a few big innings from the offense. And, and the Monarchs can do it with a three-run homer. They can do it with a barrage of walks. They can do it with uh, a bunch of doubles. Uh, but just putting up some crooked numbers offensively, getting that line moving, and, and, and making life difficult for the opposing pitching staff, making Butch Hobson have to think about every move that he can make to, to try and piece together a ball game, uh, that's, that's going to be key. But it's it's everything is important in the playoffs. Every pitch is magnified. Every at bat is magnified, and uh, I just can't wait to get going. Rob, when, when's first pick? When I want to get get going with this ball game. It's too long away, Carter. That's what all I got to say about <laughs> it. So, awesome, Carter Woodhill. Thanks for joining me on the studio. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.